great to talk to each other, isn't it? Yes. So, uh, experiencing your emotions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what we often do, you know, is we do the first two, we acknowledge that we have them, and, and uh, we feel those kind of things, but we don't do the experience side. And it's the experience side that clears your soul. And, uh, and John Bradshaw wrote uh, one thing that I'd have to agree with, and that is that grief is the biggest emotion, and grief is the healing emotion. So in other words, you're going to need to do quite a lot of crying. Now, the thing to remember about experiencing emotion is this. Your soul is automatically built to experience emotion. So, if you're not experiencing emotion, it's not because you're not capable of experiencing it, because God created you to be capable of experiencing it. The issue is that you have created blocks to experiencing your emotion. So, rather than let's talking about how to feel... The truth is, you already know how to feel. You already know how to feel every emotion. At the soul level, that's the way you were created. When you were born, do you think that you turned off any emotion? No. You were a baby, you had no mental conception of any emotion, did you? And yet you felt every one of them, didn't you? So what the pro what's the problem become? The problem has become how I block my emotion. So, really what we need to address in order to experience our emotion is all of our fears about why we don't want to experience our emotion. That's what we need to address. When you address all of those fears, as each fear falls away, a new emotion will pop its head up and you'll be able to feel it. Right. So what are some of your fears about dealing with emotion? People won't like me. People won't like me. <coughs> <laughs> Oh, you got lots. <laughs> You're writing all these out because these are really good. These are really good. Embarrassment. Everyone will um, know and see. Shame. Shame. Fear of shame. Feeling weak. Mm. Yeah. It's actually mm. vulnerable. Like a little bit too painful. I'll lose control. Yeah. I'll be. Oh, I'm unworthy. Mm. 
All right, can you start seeing what's going on? The reason why we can't feel these emotions is because we've got all of these beliefs. And we think all of these beliefs are true. And maybe at one point in our life they were true. And that's all the more reason for us to believe they're true. But the truth is none of those things are true from God's perspective. From God's perspective, all of these things are just fears about our feeling and underlying thing. So what, what are we afraid of here, really? Rejection. We're afraid of feeling the emotion of nobody wanting us, aren't we? Uh, if we believe people don't like, won't like me if I feel my emotion, then I'm actually afraid of feeling an underlying emotion. Can you see that? And the underlying emotion is, if people don't like me, I'm actually afraid that nobody will like me at all. There's a feel. So what do I feel right now? I feel like nobody likes me. And I'm not letting myself feel it. Like It's there within me, but I'm not letting myself feel it. So if I feel that, if I'm afraid of that, I need to feel that nobody likes me. I need to put myself in a place where I'm willing to feel that. If I'm afraid of that, where do I need to put myself? Into failure. Be a failure. And feel that. Feel it like you're a failure. Everything that you're afraid of, How do I do that? <laughs> Postpone that one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Grant? Don't be afraid of dying. Rather than being frightened, just let go and say, okay, I'm going to die or die. Yeah. Let yourself feel like you're going to die. If you let yourself feel that you are dying, right, and put yourself in a position, and usually when we have that emotion, there's usually something that happened in our childhood that caused us to feel like we'll die if we deal with an emotion. So usually there's been some abuse or there's been some very traumatic event like a car crash or a you know, lots of different events like that, that cause us to be so afraid after that point. Yeah. I had this one a lot. <laughs> it gets projected at me all the time. Look at this one. It's going to be never-ending. A lot of these fears, remember what fears are? They are... So they're false expectations appearing real, right? Or you could say they're false emotions appearing real, or expectations, right? Like, how can I go insane if I'm feeling my causal emotions? Isn't it the truth, really, that the time I'm going to be insane is when I'm not feeling my causal emotions? And how can, I, how can it be never-ending? Isn't it the truth, really, that I'm, a, I'm obviously a finite being? Only God's infinite. Right? So therefore, my emotion must be finite. 
Doesn't it make sense? <laughs> Embarrassment. What's that about? <coughs> Making a fool of yourself. So I believe I'm a fool. Right? In my heart I believe I'm a fool and I'm trying to constantly prove to myself otherwise. So if you block these things, how do you feel <coughs> if I'm physically putting myself in the situation of feeling? Well, that's what the law of attraction is there for, to put you in the situation of feeling. <laughs> the truth is that every single day, if you're, like if you have this feeling within you of failure, you'll be finding already in your life you'll be attracting failure. The truth is that the law of attraction is already putting into your life absolutely everything to trigger this emotion right now. So, so this is why it's so important to look at the law of attraction. Because the law of attraction is there to tell you what you're not dealing with right now, right today, right this moment. And don't forget that your law of attraction is good at, you know, it has, if we can use the term good and bad connotations, if we can use those terminologies, the law of attraction will bring you everything. You are here today, and that's obviously something that's positive about your law of attraction from <coughs> your perspective. You're wanting to learn about truth, so that something causes you to be here. Listening to this insane man. <laughs> AJ, with the law of attraction, are there, are there a hierarchy of neuroses? So your, your, biggest, your biggest ones come up first, uh, and then later on, when you've got rid of those, then you get a bit more failure or a bit more of something else. Is that how it works, or do you get the, you get the works all the time? I'm close to it now. Uh, the law of attraction operates upon your collective soul condition right at this moment. It's just the areas which you become aware of that, that you probably deal with firstly. So the truth is, right at this moment, you might have a hundred different emotions you have yet to resolve. Right? And if you do, the law of attraction will be bringing to you lots of different events in your day-to-day -day life to trigger every one of those hundred emotions. Really? Yeah. Now, often we don't allow ourselves to consider it until we exercise our will to see different ones. And so that's why we deal with one and then we deal with the next and then we deal with the next. Right? But the truth is the law of attraction is actually operating upon your complete soul condition. Not just on the emotion you're dealing with right now. That would depend on how, how much you interact with life. I mean, if you sit in the cave and meditate in, in a puddle of peacefulness, you're not going to talk to anyone, you're not going to meet anybody, the phone's not going to ring. So that's why I happen. That's why I don't recommend isolation. Mm. Someone no, might jack him in your roof, though. Honestly, if we all went to a monastery for a year, do you think there'd be as many emotions triggered as if you lived down here in the Sunshine Coast for a year? No. <laughs> so where's the best place for your soul? In the Sunshine Coast, obviously. <laughs> That's why you're here. You think it's the best place, obviously. Your soul does. It's a, you attracted it, right? So this is the best place for you to be. Right? A lot of people go off to a monastery or off to meditation or off to these different things, off to India to find myself or whatever. And the truth is, in a lot of those cases, we do find a portion of ourselves because we have the right attitude at that time to find a portion of ourselves. Right? But the truth is, you can, find a, you can find everything about yourself right here. And in fact, right here is far better because you'll get triggered a lot more here than you're going to be in some monastery in the middle of India. Isn't that right? Yes. Yeah. How many of you want to run away from your life? 
No. No. Get, well, let's say get rid of a good half of it. <laughs> what it's attracting. But you see, it's just like everything that your life is attracting is perfectly aligned to do with your current emotions. God's laws are perfect. This is the thing to understand about God. God's laws are perfect. The law of attraction is perfect in its operation. Alright? So everything that's in your current life right now, you attract it. And it's there to help you expose and experience an emotion. Everything is there to help you expose and experience an emotion. Now, what will you do with it? Are you going to experience the emotion or are you just going to dismiss that one and go on to the next one? <laughs> and all of you know what happens in your life when you do that, don't you? Mm -hmm. What happens? The next day or the next three days? It's back again, isn't it? And it's back again, it's back again, it's back again. And after a year of that... Yeah, and everything starts degrading in your body and you get more sick and unwell because we avoid these laws of attraction that are occurring in our lives. So, understand that the reason for all fears is because we have these emotions within us that cover over this whole <coughs> list of things we don't want to feel. Right? And it's your choice to not feel that creates all of your inner turmoil. And mine too. <laughs> I just wanted to sort of share that, um, I don't know whether people realise or not, but once you've dealt with an issue, which I haven't dealt with any, I don't think, in completion, but like you said, you never ever have to deal with that again. Mm. Ever, ever. So ever. whatever pain you're in, once you get to the bottom of it, you never ever have to feel that particular pain, pain again. again. Yeah. Mm. That was yeah. really um, <clears throat> like an aha moment for me. I went, oh, good, <laughs> let's yeah. get into it. Yeah, yeah. Because if you avoid an emotion now, you're just putting it off for later. And, and in fact, if you avoid an emotion now, what are you doing? You're projecting it. As soon as you project it, you're causing more damage around yourself. There's a law of compensation. Karma, it's called, right? Back on yourself for that as well. So what are you actually doing every time you avoid an emotion? You're making it worse for yourself for later. That's really what you're doing. Yeah. And the key is, do you want to do that? Well, obviously, a lot of us do, right? <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> so. Is there, when you're talking about those different thoughts, then under each of those different emotions, is there a, a level of emotions of like a, to experience under like a layers of emotions that you go through to get to the bottom? Because I imagine if you're denying something and getting to the point of going, wow, the truth that this really happened to me, mm -hmm. and then therefore grief. For yourself, for, mm -hmm. for the love of yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is true that you know it's like layers of an onion, right? Really, it's just like emotion after emotion, and there are some very core ones. But the question I'd have to ask is, why do you want to know what the core one is when you're not yet really to feel that one? <coughs> See, a lot of times what we do with our mind is we're constantly trying to look for the answer at the end. When the answer that's right there facing us right at this moment, we're ignoring. How, how do you get to the inside of an onion? You peel off each. Just cut it. I didn't think of that. 
Um, I'm really anxious to read the details now to discover what those layers are. I mean, I'm, even if it's only the outside one, how do I find out what that is? I've already told you how. Okay, so I'm attracted to all you folks to come and mix with today. What does that taught me? I mean, what, what's my emotion? <laughs> well, it's obviously a lovely emotion. You want to find out some more truth and you want to see how it affects your life. That's really good. What's wrong with that? Yeah. But what happened yesterday? Yeah. <coughs> Anything adverse that happened? Or? Yeah, yeah. Can I stop you now, though? Mm. What was the feeling you had? Well, annoyance, I suppose. Right, what's annoyance? I recognise that I've been judgmental, thinking that they should have been capable of better. Well, no, no, it's... I was going to be there and waited weeks and weeks more, and it came yesterday, and you know it came back with my name misspelled. <laughs> <laughs> You're attracting this, yes. Did I make that silly fellow in the office? Yes. Yes. Everything that happens to you is created by you. I spelled it properly. What's the real you? What's the real you? It's <laughs> your soul. Which made him annoyed with you, so you just got the name to delay you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy went through my head, surely. Just to, just to, you know, get yes. back at me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Would you? Yeah. I wouldn't do that to him. Wouldn't you? Anyway, I told him. The truth is that you are annoyed. Yeah. It's your soul's emotion. It's not your handwriting that created this. <laughs> it's not what you wrote that created this. It's your soul's emotion. There's a feeling of annoyance. Annoyance is an anger-based feeling, is it not? Yeah. So what's under annoyance? What do you feel underneath annoyance? <coughs> Frustrated is another anger-based emotion. That's a denial of the underlying emotion. What's under the frustration? So how can I deal with that? Well, this is what I'm trying to help you do right now. I'll let you have a single No, I've got enough of my own. I'm not going to make What I'm saying to you is the law of attraction brought this event into your life. 
right? And you just skipped over it, like you're doing right now, in fact. You are skipping over it and ignoring it. You are not allowing yourself to go into the deeper emotion. The deeper emotion that created it. Right? And you want to skip over it. You do not want to know what the deeper emotion is at the moment. And will it be an emotion just related to that subject matter? Or will it be a general emotion that I, a way, an unfortunate way I have of dealing with all my... So what are you trying to do now? Divert. No, you're not. No, you're trying to intellectualise your emotion. Can you see what you're doing? You're intellectualising your emotion right now. You're trying to find out an intellectual reason for what's going on. You felt annoyed. Go back to that feeling of annoyance. Now follow that path. Down into annoyance, down into frustration, down into anger. And what's underneath that? Follow that path. Emotionally follow that path down. At the moment you're skipping over that with your mind. There's an emotion in your soul that created all of those events. So what's the emotion? Does anyone want to have a guess of what the emotion is? Is it fear? Well, fear is a capping emotion too, isn't it? Well, that's pretty general. Unworthiness is it? pretty big. What about loss of control? Right. Wanting to have control, yeah. so being out of control, fear of being out of control. What else? What things upset you? You are upset about your name being misspelled. See, now you're intellectualising. <laughs> so why are you annoyed at the delay? Because I've got a deadline to keep it. So, how does that make you feel? I suppose I'm annoyed that I, um, I committed to a, um, a holiday thingy yeah. that has to be done by a certain date. Mm -hmm. And it's going to expire very soon. Okay. I can't go so, what's going to happen if you don't get your passport? I'll probably lose about $1,500 worth of holiday. How does that feel? Rotten. How, Go deeper, what's wrong? More. How does it feel? Wasteful. So, wasteful is not really an emotion, is it? No. There's a feeling. See, this is where it's quite difficult at the start, isn't it? Can you see that? Like, because a lot of times what we're feeling is this top level capping thing. Like, annoyed. And then we try to dismiss it. I try harder. So, what, what do I normally do? Try harder. So, that's what. That's what you've done. Tried harder to get everything on time, get everything sorted out. You know, try. But it's your soul doing the opposite. Your soul is doing the opposite of that. Your soul is saying, no, 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 hang a sec. I need to trigger this emotion that's going on inside of me that you're totally oblivious to at the moment. That's what your soul is saying, right? So the key is to get below that annoyance and into, into the deeper stuff. And then the passport would arrive quickly? The passport will probably arrive the next day. After you've dealt with the emotion. After you've let go of the emotion. Yeah. I've I've had things honestly, I've had things happen within a day when I've dealt with the emotion. And then I've had other things wait six months while I haven't dealt with the emotion. Right, when they could have happened in a day. 
But that situation, it didn't start out that she was necessarily annoyed about it. It was set the whole thing in motion, sent off for the passport, information, etc. Knowing that she's got the deadline. But the soul has an emotion, and it's been there for ages. It's been there from her childhood. And there's going to be lot. Has there been lots of events in your life where people have let you down and got late and delayed and all those kind of things? So that the circumstance doesn't really matter. It's what you get, what feeling. The feeling. What's the feeling? Is there been lots of events in your life that have caused you to feel annoyed? Yeah, I'm, 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 My father always expected everyone to be perfect, and I think that I'm a bit like that. Especially if they're British. Now, isn't it so funny, isn't it? How, when you just let yourself go to there, it's just like that, isn't it? Can you see that? Can you see what it's all about? You now expect perfection. I'm angry because I do expect it. But your father expected perfection of you. And how did that feel? Well, I, I, I haven't really been critical of it. I think it's done as well. Now you're intellectualising it. <laughs> yeah. 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 It didn't do us any harm. Uh, yes. Now you... <laughs> 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 it happened, but it's no big deal. <laughs> Now, now it's lovely you brought up this example because can you see what we do? Can you see what we do? And all of us have been guilty of doing this, right? It's not something that's yeah. We 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 just go. We just say yes. The law of attraction brought me this thing, but it's nothing to do with me unless it's good. <laughs> if it's good, it had to have something to do with me, right? If, if, if it's like uncomfortable to me, then it can't have had anything to do with me. And the truth is it's got everything to do with you. Everything to do with you. And you need to at least start admitting that to yourself even. Right? God's laws are perfect. They expose everything. But you can see what we do is we, we feel the top level emotion, in this case annoyance, which is just an anger-based emotion, which is just separating us from the underlying causal emotion. And yet... In your discussion, you were talking, talking, and then all of a sudden you start talking about your dad and perfection. And there's the key to everything. But you don't want to feel it. And, and the next words were, like, yeah, but it's no big deal. Right? It's a huge deal. Like, being expected as a little child to do everything perfectly from day one, that's a huge deal. Like, that, that is a terrible burden that you place on your children. Right? Your father placed a terrible burden on you. Now, I'm not condemning or judging your father. Right? He has his own emotional reasons why he did that, and he needs to experience those, live or past. He needs to experience those. The truth is that it's a terrible burden to place that on you as a child, and you are not letting yourself experience that, because you want to believe your father was good, so you won't allow yourself to believe or to feel the emotion of how terrible you felt having to be perfect all the time. Right. So go there. 
forget about, and this is one thing I like about the John Bradshaw book, because it says in there, your parents' emotions or reasons are superfluous. Are what? Superfluous. It is of no consequence in your discussion of your own emotion. Because if you justify your parents, what are you doing? You're justifying the reason for your emotion. In the, in the end, what are you doing? Minimizing. Tuning out of your own emotion. You're minimising your own emotion. Right? You go to the. Become empowered with understanding where they were at, perhaps. You will only understand after you've dealt with your emotion, not before. See, what we do is we intellectually skip over everything, skip over all the emotion, and we say, no, no, I really want to understand my parents. They were nice parents, and they were loving. They did their best for me, and all that stuff, right? And all of that might be true, but what you've just done is avoided all of your own painful emotions. Because you're now saying, because they were nice and they did their best, I'm not allowed to feel what I feel. And what you're going to need to learn to do is, I'm allowed to feel what I feel. I'm allowed to know what I know. I'm allowed to think what I think. I'm allowed to... These are what you will need to be allowed to do if you're going to feel your emotions. <coughs> So one of the biggest blocks you have right now is all of this justification that you have about your parents and how they treated you. That's a huge block. Yeah? Big block. As soon as you blame, you're now projecting. So as soon as so so I can state the truth. My mother never hugged me my entire life. And feel it. And feel what that felt like. Mm. Without right? blame. Without blaming my mother. She had her own reasons to do that. Mm. Right? But if I want to blame my mother, I'm allowed to do that too, if I want. But you're never going to get to the bottom of the underlying emotion. But you can blame her for six months if that's what you feel like doing first. You're allowed to do that too. <laughs> but it would be better if you can connect to the underlying emotion was that feeling of, like, what does it mean if your mother's never hugged you? What does it mean? So that's a more ideal way. Yeah. So let yourself feel that. Now, my mother was 16 when she gave birth to me. Like, and her mother was 16. So do you think they had many mothering skills? Like, my grandmother was 32 when I was born. <laughs> so, so do you think they've had they've had many mothering schools to pass down to each other? Obviously not, hey. And then my grandmother lived in this abusive, violent, alcoholic man who constantly abused her and beat her up and everything. You know, so of course my mother doesn't know what love is really. So but that's you, immaterial. Why are you understanding that about? your mother and your grandmother, mm -hmm. does that empower you to work through your process? No. no. Or is it irrelevant? Often it's the opposite. It shuts down the process. Because what it does is I'm justifying them all the time and what am I doing when I'm doing that? Not knowing your own. I'm not allowed to feel what I feel because they're nice. And my mum is nice. But there's some terrible emotions that I've had to deal with because of her treatment of me. And there's some terrible emotions you've had to deal with even when your mum and dad were nice because they denied those emotions that you now have to deal with, how they treated you.
And if you're constantly justifying them, you're not going to look at yourself. Uh, you need to state the truth about everything. And this gets down to a really big issue, actually. Well, we found the core of emotion, it's just whether you want to feel it, isn't it? Yeah. I probably still don't know how to actually feel it, though. How to, like, does it mean talking about it or something? <laughs> <laughs> no. Obviously, talking about it can help you, yeah? but feeling an emotion and talking about it are two totally different things. You know, this is what a lot of, unfortunately, what a lot of group-type therapies do. We talk about the emotion, but very few people in the talking about it really connect with it, the emotion. Right? There are a lot of people in life who want everything to be absolutely perfect. They do their absolute best. Everything has to be crossed and dotted. Um, and uh, the world's just not like that. Life's just not like that. And there is actually a religion out there that they, um, I was told, when they're making handmade carpets that are beautifully, beautifully handcrafted, and if it's really perfect, they, they actually put a mistake in there, just because nothing is to be 100% perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So they will actually make a mistake in all their carpets. Yeah. Mm. So what was the reason for that comment? Uh, well, it's really simply that everything is not perfect. Yep. And those expect it. Yeah, but see, aren't you intellectualising the whole yeah. thing again? Yeah. Yeah. But then we get annoyed with the emotion when it's not perfect. Yeah, but see, if I'm annoyed when it's not perfect, there's an emotion I need to feel. If I just if I just go down the track, if I need to... Deal with it, don't you? So you've got to deal with that emotion, which might be your upbringing that everything has to be perfect, but it doesn't. Yeah, but the thing is, I have a feeling inside of me that it does. So what do I do with that? Can't you, like, you, you, you say you can't intellectually deal with it? But, you know, that no, you won't be able to. Remember, everything is in the, everything's in the soul, not in my head. So how, I'm going to have to feel like I need to be perfect, and I'm going to have to feel where that began. But we've only accepted when we've experienced the emotion. And if I haven't experienced the emotion, then I haven't accepted. I can tell myself all I like that I've accepted. <coughs> but if I haven't experienced the emotion, I have yet to accept. You see, this is the problem with our intellect. right? We can tell ourselves all these things, right? And come to believe half of them as well. When inside of our soul, we still haven't dealt with them. Right? How can you deal with something that's on a daily basis from the time you're born? By feeling the emotion. But you're saying to go back and feel every day of your life as a child. If that's what's required, you are going to need to do that, yes. And you don't discover it until you're 60. Yes, I agree. Can you see how much you want to avoid your emotion? Because there's a very strong emotional projection coming from you right now. I want to avoid that process. There must be an easier way. And I'm saying to you, no, there's not an easier way. You are going to need to feel all those emotions. And you don't want that to be true, and that's okay. You're allowed to not have that truth. That's what you want. But what I'm saying is it's the only way to atonement with God. Does that make sense? Like, yes. Yeah. yes. When, when, you sort of, when you were exploring your sadness over the last um, moments, yep. you, you said that you have some more to, <coughs> to experience and that you haven't got to the bottom and all there's more to it. 
So using the example of the lady who talked about her annoyance, and if she actually gets to the bottom of that, then she might get her passport the next day. Yeah. How does how does someone know then that they've actually dealt with that, or that there's more connected to it? Well, it doesn't really matter if you're feeling all of your emotions, you're going to feel what, what is coming up the next time, the next time, the next time, the next time. You're not going to be selective. Look at what a child does. In the first century, it said very clearly, unless you become like a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. What does a child do? Experiences. Experiences everything there and then. Don't they? Unless they get stopped. Unless they get shut down. Yeah. And this is how you will become. You will experience everything as soon as it occurs. Do you want to do that? Yes. <laughs> lots of you don't yes. want to do that. <laughs> well, lots of you believe that is at this moment that that's dangerous. That's I'm afraid of that. What's going to happen? What's that going to look like? What? How much of a mess is my life going to be if I do that? Right? And these are all of the fears that you have that are coming up, saying, oh, no, "I can't do that." Like some of you even feel a sense of panic. What is he telling me? So these these feelings of, of panic, uh, of blocking. Really, what is blocked is, is the mind, yes? The mind is blocking. The mind, the mind through... Well, what's actually coming up is there's an emotion coming up that I don't want to feel. And, and if one of the emotions coming up is, I don't want to feel, then the mind's going to say, oh, okay, I'll help you not feel. This <laughs> <laughs> seems to be like um, the person, picture or scenario of the majority of people who live, uh, say, in Nordic countries like Scandinavia, Britain, um, you know, America. Um, the people, say, who live in Eastern Europe, not the majority, not everyone, but let's say Cuba or Brazil, they seem to be somehow suffering or experiencing the exact opposite, like emotions are bubbling up all the time and there's like maybe even more chaos in their lives than there is in the person who seems to block the emotion before it gets too scary. So could, would you say that in the end what you need is to be aware of your emotions, of, of what is actually happening? Because otherwise you will end, in, end up with chaos? The only time you end up with chaos is if you don't allow yourself to feel the causal emotion to completion. That's when you end up with chaos. Because chaos is the projection of emotion onto everyone and everything around you. That only happens when you avoid. I do agree that many of the countries you mentioned, like Cuba and South America and so forth, are more passionate. They allow more passion. And that it actually makes it easier for them to access underlying emotion. However, where it goes wrong is when they don't allow themselves to actually take full responsibility for those emotions and they blame others for them. So they're being tossed around by false emotions mainly without being able to go to the core because they're not aware. Yeah, so, so let's say one of them feels annoyed. He'll come up you right into your face and he will tell you right there and then I'm annoyed with you, right? Now, a man in Britain says he's annoyed and what does he do? You know, he sits down and just... You know, like, I spent a bit of time on the subway last trip there. It was quite interesting. <laughs> Have you ever been on the subway in England? Like in London? 
it's an interesting experience. Yeah. I was quite amazed by it. Would you say that um, that being conscious of these thoughts and emotions and that that process is also important that you can't just sort of just feel. You also need to be aware of the feeling. No, what I'm saying is you need to feel everything. You need to feel everything and love feeling everything. However, when they are capping-based emotions like anger, fear, doubt, and lots of other types of emotions like that, jealousy, neediness, and all those kind of capping emotions, you need to understand that all of those are doing are covering over the real things. So real feelings are aware by themselves? The real feelings are there, and you're just avoiding them by being in this state. Right? So, so a man who's in South America screaming and yelling at you, he's passionate, which is great, but he's avoiding his underlying emotions still. The man who's sitting on the subway stewing in England, not feeling anything, right, is still avoiding them. He's shutting himself down with detunement, with numbness, but he's still avoiding the underlying emotions he feels. The key is to get to the underlying emotion to experience that. When you experience that, all of those capping ones don't occur. None of them occur. Are there any clues on how to do that? <laughs> Isn't that what I've been talking about? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought that's what I was yeah. <laughs> um, Is that my journey I've attracted an occupation and I'm suddenly coming to the realisation that, you know, um, I need to be heard. Does that mean when I am beginning to or I deal with the wholeness of the issue that suddenly the occupation won't appeal to me anymore? It, Do I need to be it, it may not. open to that? Yeah, you need to be open to that. <laughs> just, all, all of you need to be open to the fact that your entire life will change. Are you open to that? Right. It's easy to say, but I tell you what. Are you open to actually having a different partner than you've got right now? Are you open to that? Are you, are you open to having your children not wanting to see you ever again? Are you open to that? Can you see what you might need to be open to? Everything. Everything. Every possible thing you need to be open to. Because we're talking about your emotions. You need to be open to them. And that's going to create, that's going to need courage, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I can I, I have always had a thing with not really speaking up when my beliefs are cross, and I sort of tend to look at things from multiple angles and get myself confused, but I don't know whether that's like, um, is speaking up, feeling the emotion, or blaming and not owning the emotion, or is not speaking up, um, not feeling, uh, feeling not worthy to speak, like, I don't, like, which one is it? What's the feeling inside? What do you um, feel it is? I don't know, I just don't want to. You don't want to speak up. Yeah, what, what, what's the fear you have associated with speaking up? What do you think is going to happen? 
A loss of love? In other words, what? People are going to disapprove of you. Yeah. Right? So what do you not want to feel? People's disapproval. So yeah, in that case it would be an avoidance of an emotion. Not speaking up would be an avoidance. You can actually but, then do the opposite. You can speak up and let that emotion come up. But then if I'm speaking up, am I then not owning my emotion and blaming it on them? No, no. It, it depends how you look at it. See, everything's based on your intention. What's your intention? If your intention is to speak up to trigger the emotion that's underneath the reason why you don't want to speak, then that's a good. That's an intention that's going to be helpful to you, right? But if your intention is to speak up because you want to yell at somebody and blame them, then obviously that intention is not going to be helpful to you. But if I attracted it in the first place, wouldn't it? Um, like, don't I sort of need to own it a little bit? Or? You always need to own it. Yeah, always own it. Yeah, set your intention to always look at yourself. So, so in this case, the feeling that you had before speaking up was, you know, I'm not going to be liked, or somebody's not, you know, not going to love me if I speak up. So, what are you avoiding? The feeling of being unloved. Right? So, go deeper into that feeling of being unloved. Let yourself connect with that feeling. Right? So, you know, sometimes what you'll need to do is just imagine a scenario. Like, like the scenario before about the passport. You just imagine now that it's the day you're going to travel and there's no passport. Hey, let yourself go into those emotions. Let yourself feel that anger you feel and then let yourself feel what's underneath that and just go into those emotions. You can do that. You can allow yourself to go into that place. And it'll bring up lots of things if you do it. If you allow it. <coughs> So you picture the worst-case scenario and deal with it um, perhaps before it comes. <laughs> you can do that, yeah. I've done that plenty of times in my own progression. Where I've, you know, like, how can I get up in front of 100 people and say that I'm Jesus? How do you reckon that happened? <laughs> Don't you think I had some fears about that? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, sure. I'm sure that would bring yeah. up something for me, too. Yeah. yeah. How did you get over it? Did you just feel the emotions around that? Yeah, I, I just placed myself in a place where, you know, I just imagined a thousand people yelling and screaming at me because I'm saying I'm Jesus. And what was all the stuff coming up? Like, and it took four months every day to deal with that one emotion. So, you know, so I had to come to terms with a lot of things that somebody might want to kill me. And there has been, I have had a lot of death threats as a result. So I've had to work my way through all of those emotions. When I saw the DVD the other day, I, I remember thinking, how could he be saying he's Jesus, you know? Yeah. And I get that almost in every... Reaction. Every single time I get up to speak, I get that reaction generally. But because the content was so interesting. He's insane, but he's making a lot of yeah. sense. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah no, I'm just joking. <laughs> but but that, that emotion alone took, took a long time for me to work through it. Right? And, and I, d I did have to work through so many things about that. 
you know, where were all of these memories that I've got coming from? What, what was that, you know, why were they here? You know, how did all this happen? Um, all of those different things I had to work through emotionally. Like, and so, you know, it's the same with yourself. You, there will be lots of things that happen in your life as a result of you dealing with your emotions. Lots of things. Yes, you talked about grief being a core emotion. Would emotions like guilt and shame be core rather than surface? Um, it depends. A lot of times guilt and shame come from other people. So a lot of times there are actually surface type emotions covering over deeper issues. But um, John Bradshaw has a theory about toxic shame, what he calls toxic um. shame. And toxic shame in, in the end isn't probably an emotion in itself, but he talks about the feeling that you're to blame for your own pain and, uh, and for, you know, for what happened to you when you were little as a child. And he calls that toxic shame, where you've become so ashamed of yourself yes. because you created all of these terrible things that happened to you when you were a child. And a lot of abuse victims feel that. So it's like a deep unworthiness. A deep feeling of unworthiness, a deep feeling of being totally unlovable and I'm to blame. Yes. And that, that is what, what has been one of my core emotions, the feeling that I've been to blame for not being loved. That somehow there's something wrong with me that has created that, whatever that is. That that I, you know, there, and when you reincarnate, coming from the twenty-second sphere, in the twenty-second sphere, you are constantly receiving divine love. When you incarnate into your mother's womb, you receive divine love dependent upon whether your mother's receiving it. So, if you can imagine receiving divine love constantly for nearly two thousand years. And then all of a sudden coming into a situation where I can no longer feel my, fa my, my, my uh, father's love, God's love, and I can no longer feel my soulmate's love anymore for nine months. Uh, and that, that is one of my core emotions to deal with. Because I, I then went through my mother's filters, went through down this track of blaming, it must be something I did. And I'm still working through that issue. I still feel it's something that I did. So it's a good, very core issue. And you'll find feelings that like that will be very core issues within you. Like a, a, lot of, um, a lot of people who are promiscuous, for example, have a core issue of feeling like they're nothing. They actually feel like they are nothing. And they've just got body and whatever, but they're actually nothing. There's actually everything inside of them is dead. It just does not exist. And so they're willing, they're constantly trying to get a feeling and in this case a sexual feeling, in order to feel like there's something. So a lot of those kind of uh, emotions are very deep causal emotions. Yeah. Can, can you think of any others that might be causal? Or... Uh, oh, feeling of nothing, feeling like uh, I don't, like nobody wants me, yes. nobody cares, all of those kind of... I'm unlovable and it's my fault. Yes. Um, you know, all of those kind of things. I'm undesired and it's my fault. Yeah. And all of those kind of things are all very deep core emotions that we get to. Yeah. <coughs> so, AJ, if we've got those emotions, like that's really core, cool, you know, I'm unlovable and um, it's my fault. Is that a, a sign that we're not very developed as souls? Or, you know, in that new age of terms, they talk about old souls and new souls and it's not so good to be a new soul because you're way down the track. <laughs> 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 Is that what it's? 
No, see, that's a judgment. Yeah. Um, the truth is that all of these emotions coming from, remember I said, here's your mum and dad, let's say, you know, here's you, little tiny baby. <coughs> and what's happening is this soul, which envelops this child, is absorbing every projection from its environment. Now then, can we go and say that child is undeveloped? No. <laughs> Can we blame the child for feeling all of these feelings? So why would we choose to have parents when you know that are very, very dysfunctional? Well, in the first DVD, if you could watch that, I actually say that we didn't choose our parents. What about genetic genetic diseases that you're actually born with? Genetic diseases are caused again by the emotions passed down through. You know, subsequent parents. So they can be healed too? Totally, yeah. All disease can be healed. When you're at one with God, you'll never have another disease again. Ever. You won't be sick ever. You know how you said in the first century that Mary was unfaithful to you, mm -hmm. right? Did she deal with that emotion at that time or did it carry through to now? Um, no, she dealt with that emotion at that time. But the memory of that event certainly has had an impact on her now. Because yeah. Yeah. she is now through some more filters of the parents she has this time, yeah. which has uh, caused new emotions for her to deal with. So she has a deep feeling of shame about anything to do with uh, you know, cheating on somebody or anything like that. She can't even watch the movie that involves it. Right? She struggles to watch a movie involving it because she has a deep... So she's just blocking them out, isn't she? She's not dealing with them? Well, I can't say what she's dealing with and not dealing with because I haven't seen her for the last three weeks or so, so yeah. I, I can't really say what yeah, she's... Wounded. Yeah, well, you know, three weeks ago... <laughs> everything changes really rapidly on the path, right? And Mary is on the path now. So, so you know, she is dealing with her emotions as best she can at the moment. And I'd probably like to not comment too much about her processing because at some point in time she will want to comment about it. And, uh, and of course, because I haven't spoken to her for some time, it's difficult for me to know the exact emotions that she's going through aside from what I can feel. But the, the thing is that she certainly has some deep shame issues about those events in the first century. And she has been quite upset about them over the last four, four to six months. And she sort of feels like, there's also some anger there too, where she feels like I get to be the nice one, she gets to be the <laughs> So there's a, some issues there too. That she of course, it's totally the opposite of that. Real, in reality, I've had a lot more emotions to deal with this time round than she has mm. to deal with. Mm. But, yeah, but she had lots to deal with in the first century. I haven't watched the DVD, I have heard of it. So does she now know that she is? She knows that I feel she is. There's, there's an issue. Because <laughs> I had heard that she didn't know, so I was just checking. Yeah, on the DVD, when, uh, when that occurred, I'd met her only a, sort of three or four weeks earlier, and uh, she didn't know that I felt she was my soulmate. But what actually happened is, in a very, very roundabout way, her parents found out that I felt that uh, she was my soulmate, and they told her. And I, I was sort of going to wait for quite some time until I felt she was ready to be told. But her parents told her. And she emailed me while I was overseas. 
the two line email <laughs> on February the 14th. Thank you for No, it was, I heard, it was, I loved it actually, I thought it was great. She said, I heard that you think that we have some kind of soul connection. I would like to investigate this further. <laughs> but I would like to know what you feel about this. And that was it. Cool. And so um, I emailed her back and then she emailed me and I emailed her back and so forth. And then about a month later she came uh, overseas uh, and caught up and we met up in London. So we spent a couple of months together uh, yeah, before we got home. But we decided when we got home to be apart so that we could deal with a lot of the emotions that were coming up. Does it feel like old times? <laughs> 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 for me it did, yeah. But for her it felt very confusing because she sort of expected to come uh, to England to prove me wrong. And to up to then, she hadn't had any memories from the first century, and she felt that uh, she was attracted to me, but she couldn't understand why. But she felt um, that she wanted to resolve it one way or the other. And um, within three or four days, she started having memories um, about some first century events. A lot of it was anger with me, actually, <laughs> for leaving her and, and for dying and things like choosing to die and things like that. She knew that I'd made that choice. And when I say choosing to die, it's not like suicide. I, ch I chose to follow a path that would result in my dying and I knew that it probably would. So you didn't move to France and, and have children together? And all that. Uh, we certainly had one child. Yeah, She was pregnant when I died and Sarah, Sarah is our child. Um, and she did move to France after my passing. And Sarah uh, met up with Luke, her soulmate, there in France. But, um, yeah, there were a lot of traumatic events that happened after my death for her, for me. And she started feeling all of those first, of course. Which meant she started feeling lots of anger and rage towards me um, first. And then she started having quite a number of different memories. And she got to a point where, of saturation where she just couldn't cope with any more. And she started detuning after that emotionally. So at the moment, she's sort of trying to work through how come she had those feelings. And how come she had those memories. And she's trying to work out what, what's actually happening inside of herself. You know, whether it's a spirit <laughs> attachment that's feeding her those memories, or whether it's a feeling inside of her, or whatever. And I've had to work through all of those feelings too, of course. So... So I understand where she's where she's at, but I just miss her. Mm -hmm. yeah. Why did you choose such a traumatic uh, situation to come into? Was it just to sort of re-earth yourself again? Because um, you would have had a choice this time, I would think. Total choice, yeah. We, we even had the choice just to materialise, uh, which would have meant not experiencing birth again or anything like that, or... Experiencing the soaking of the, you know, the childhood soul soaking up parents' emotions and so forth. But um, my feelings and the feelings of the fourteen were that that if we did that, then we'd lose touch with everyone we were trying to assist. So what do you say? You had the choice to not go through birth, but to just 
when you're in the 20-second sphere state, you can materialise any body you want at any time. So at the moment there's thousands of spirits or souls, complete souls in that state. And they could, if they wanted to, just materialise a form right now and stand in front of you. The problem with that, of course, the problems associated with that are numerous. Because what would you then think? You would then think they're special, they're to you, you know, and you'd go down the track. And what are we trying? Like, my greatest goal is to teach you that I'm the same as you. It'd be hard to get a passport, wouldn't it? <laughs> Not that you'd need one. <laughs> but, it, but see, one of the greatest things to understand is that is that none of the 14 who have returned have a feeling that they're better than you. You're, you're the same as us. We're the same. We're just people. Right? You have the same potentialities of what we've experienced. And by our experience, we are showing. You know, I'm going through all of these different emotions that I'm going through to show you that it works. Right? And, that, and I don't lose hold of that as, a, as one of my goals. It's one of my goals is to show people that this is the way to, you can be at one with God on earth. You don't have to wait to the spirit world. You know, you don't have to wait till you die. Being at one with God, do you actually communicate and can talk and hear or not? You can hear him, but not in the sense that you're probably thinking. No. It's, um, you, you hear in the sense of there's this, the, the feelings enter you from God directly. And then words appear within you associated with those feelings. And in fact, that's how you communicate with every soul in the, in the seventh, uh, eighth sphere and above. So you, you, the forms of communication used there are totally different to the forms of communication we use. Yeah. They're all based on this emotional to emotion, emotion to emotion transaction. And because my emotions are pure and your emotions are pure, it means that I can feel your emotions and accurately know what they are. It's only when my emotions have filters that I'm feeling your emotions and think about something different. So everything that happens on the eighth sphere and above is all emotion into emotional transaction. You discussed that as you were at one, you learn God's truth more and more and you come to know greater knowledge. Mm -hmm. But is that still interpreting the feelings versus a verbal discussion where you were hearing words and listening and absorbing that knowledge? How do you actually gain that knowledge directly from the body if it's just a feeling, or is it your interpreting of that feeling to become knowledge? Yeah, in the Paget messages, I, um, the Apostle John wrote a section of, on truth and how it's discovered. And in that section, um, it's worth reading. It's, it's, he, he explained how I determined truth in my life and what I actually did to find out truth, and it's a very accurate reflection of what I did. But it's about feeling the feelings that you get from God and then putting them into practice to see whether they work. And obviously if they don't work, then you've got the, your interpretation of the feeling has been incorrect. Right? If they do work, then obviously you've now added another truth to your soul that you can then build on for the next, for the next truth that it comes to you. And that's why above the eighth sphere, even though you're at one with God, there's still like this huge area where you're learning more and more and more and more truth before you can actually be at one with your soulmate, right? which is in the 22nd sphere. Because there is so much truth to actually learn even after you've become at one with God. And truth is something that will be infinite. So therefore, truth is never you're never going to be able to say you know the truth like God knows the truth. All we can do is approach that.
Do you personally feel the emotions of um, somebody you are directly communicating with? Yeah, I feel, I feel the emotions of, uh, well, yeah, at the moment I feel that, I suppose it's going to be hard to believe, but I can feel the emotions of, of whole groups of people, people on the earth here, in, in the room, all of your different emotions that you're projecting at me at times. I, you know, if I allow myself, I can feel what they are. And, and so you, you, you come to appreciate after a while that every single interaction with each other is emotional, actually. Right? And I can feel all of your emotions. Those of you who are doubting, I can feel your doubts. And those of you who are afraid about dealing with your emotions, I can feel that. And those of you who want to deal with your emotions but feel that it's going to be too much for you, I can feel that. And so there's, you, could, you could basically say that there's this wall of emotion coming from you. <coughs> and if there's anything resonant inside of myself, in other words, if there's anything I've yet to deal with inside of myself, and there is, those emotions will resonate with me in certain ways. When you're at one with God, they no longer resonate with you. So you feel them and they pass straight through you without you actually feeling any pain from them. Right? No matter what the painful emotion is being projected. But at the moment, that's not where I'm at. At the moment, I've got every, every time I've stood up so far, like since I've been back home. I've still got, oh, my biggest thing is the unworthiness at the moment. And so every time I get up to speak, I get this back pain, lower back pain, that's second chakra, all to do with unworthiness. And so, you know, that, that's what I'm feeling. And when you, when you feel your doubts, it's not when you express the words, but when you feel your doubts about what I'm saying, I can feel that. And, and, after a while, you'll be more and more sensitive and you'll be able to feel it from everyone around you. So it's a, you've got to be brave in a lot of ways because sometimes a lot of the emotions that you're going to feel are going to be quite negative in terms of your experience. But they're only negative because they resonate with something inside of you. There's obviously nothing wrong with having all those different emotions and some of these emotions we have to have on a daily basis um, and we can't do anything about it. If sure. We are sort of employed, getting paid, we have deadlines, all sorts of issues in life. Yeah, but see, those three that you mentioned, I would call them all false beliefs. <laughs> well, you've given commands and demands. From who? And um, I'm saying if you're employed and you need the um, income, you've got. Um, yeah, but see, see, all of those are false beliefs. And this is. I'm going to challenge you a lot <laughs> if you keep listening to me. <laughs> the truth is that you think you need an income. And that has become your reality. The truth is that's not how God made you. The truth is... How could we have got here today if we didn't have... Yeah, but see, now you're going very intellectual. Let me finish what I'm saying. The truth is that God didn't make you that way. God made you to be this perfect attracting machine that attracts everything it needs automatically without you needing to do anything. Aside from feel everything. To feel your passion, feel your desire, follow that. 
See, now that's your mind. This is your mind. I'm telling you, this is your mind kicking into gear. This is your mind kicking into gear. You believe the unreality you've created. You believe the dream. All, no, honestly, all of you here at some state, some state, including myself, believe the dream. But it's not real. God never created you this way. God created you to be this perfect person who needs nothing outside of itself. That's how God created you. We have created all these things we think we need. Do you follow me? Yeah? Of course, but what's that got to do with money and working and everything? It's got nothing to do with money and working and everything. We created that too because we wanted to place a value on this and a value on that and we wanted to then compare and we wanted to make myself better than you and that I wanted to have more wealth than you. And I wanted to create... And these are all these different creations that are all based on these emotions that I got right from the time I was an infant right the way through. And now I believe them to be true. I believe them to be real. But they're not. From God's perspective... Remember I said to you, do you want your truth or do you want God's truth? Right? What do you want? You know, uh, as you were saying that uh, uh, Jesus said or what you said, that uh, it was easier for a mustard seed, uh, a mustard seed to enter heaven in the kingdom of God than for man, because mustard seed, well, it doesn't have faith and truth, where uh, man just can't comprehend that. Yep. See, a lot, a lot of times what we've done is we've lost the very basics that God has given us. And we've constructed this whole dream-like state that we now believe is true. We believe it's real, but it's not real. And the proof is, is it really, like, it causes all this destruction. This whole system that you and me want to stay believing in causes all these terrible, terrible things in the world. Why do you think a third of the world is starving to death? Because we believe what we believe right here. That's why a third of the world is starving to death. And we need to change our beliefs, and the only way we're going to do that is to feel our emotions. So, if, but if one person was to get complete faith, would everyone else's negative bring them down? If it's sort of all connected. No, but see, once you're at one with God, once you're at one with God, now how can anyone draw you down? Well, like, um, keep it real. So, like, as everyone. But see, once you're at one with God, you're getting supplied with God's love constantly. Yeah. How can anybody draw you down? They can't. So that's how you become the light of the world. But you know how you said, like, if you're negative, it affects other people. Like, the, um... It's not if you're negative that affects other people. It's when you choose to not experience your emotion that it affects other people. But, like, the animal equation, how we then, so, like, can everyone else affect you, is what I mean. Like, even if you got complete faith, can all the other people around affect you, like we affect the animals? Or... No, they can't. That's the beauty of doing. See, the animals don't have a soul, and they don't have. They can't have a connection with God in the direct sense that a human soul can. Right? When we have a direct connection with God, once we're at one with God, nothing can affect us. And how can anything affect God? If we're at one with God, 
how can anything affect us? That makes sense, right? So the key is become at one with God, then none of these things will affect you. You won't even believe them. You won't even believe you need money anymore. You won't believe it anymore. And everyone around you will believe what they think is the truth. And they'll argue with you and try to fight with you about it. But the truth is that you know it's not real. You'll know. And so is that then, therefore, the so-called reality changes because everyone's lenses are seen through love and the animals yeah. to be taken care of. Yeah. Um, the earth would heal itself. Exactly. Everything would heal. Everything would heal if all of us took responsibility for our emotion, connected with God to the point of abundance. Absolutely everything that is currently <coughs> negative in our environment would just automatically disappear. The reverse would be true of what he said, really, because you would affect everybody around you. Exactly. Exactly. That's why one person in the first century at one with God caused lots of changes on the earth. Like, you imagine a hundred of you being at one with God? You imagine what that would do? Like, the whole world would change just from a, like, totally, just from a hundred people being at one with God. change. That's the Everything will change. But see, even a lot of your judgments now, you believe at the moment that a lot of the anger is over there, but it always created in you. And this is where we need to take a lot of personal responsibility for what's going on in the world in general by taking responsibility for our emotion. So there must be a, there must be a difference um, in feeling and emotion. <clears throat> Say, for example, if I, if I step up to a fence and the dog feels aggressive and angry because I'm invading his or her territory, and then I step away from the fence and the dog relaxes. Now, that's what I feel like when I feel an emotion, say, of anger, during an argument when somebody steps into the territory of my ego and I, I react. Yep. But I seem to be reacting like the dog. Yep. Only when I become conscious of my feeling of anger can I then really work with it. Certainly, like, obviously, the mind, remember I said the mind is the dumb servant of the soul. So use your mind to help your soul. In other words, your soul be the driver, your emotions, your passions, your desires be the driver, and use your mind to do the things that it needs to do, like observe. Oh, I was just angry. That's the mind observing. And allow then the connection with what's underneath that anger. You can certainly use your mind to do that. Then it's a tool. But if you use your mind to be dominant and suppress the soul and control the soul, manipulate the soul and keep it under, under control, then obviously in the end it's not, you're not going to be in a state of bliss in that state. You see, it's like... This is what we often do with our emotions. Who gave us those emotions in the first place? And when would they have developed? I mean, are you saying, there's not one soul, I'm sure, on earth who wouldn't go through every emotion sometime in their lifetime, so where's all that come from? <laughs> the choice to be self-reliant has created everything. Has it 
opposed to God reliant. As opposed to God reliant. That's the original thing. You could call that, if you want to use a biblical term, Why is because when you become self-reliant, you now need to decide in yourself what is harmonious with love and disharmonious with love and so forth. And of course you're not going to be connected to God. Connection with God is about being God-reliant and, and receiving things from God, receiving truth from God. Self-reliance is about, I want to hold on to my own truth. And many of you here today feel like that, if you're honest with yourself. You want to hold on to your own truth. You don't like what you're hearing. Right? A lot of you don't like what you're hearing, right? You want to hold on to your own truth. You're allowed to. You don't have to listen to this insane man, right? You're allowed to hold on to your own truth. But I'm saying to you, that is the original sin, if you like. That is the original cause of all this disharmony that we have on the earth today. was caused by every single person wanting to hold on to their own Truth. Right? Let's just change it for a moment. Let's just imagine a world where every single person wants God's truth. How different is that world going to be? It's going to be totally different, isn't it? Totally different. Because now we're not self-reliant, we're God-reliant. So what's going to happen? As we're God-reliant, we're getting closer to God and closer to God. What else happens? We get closer to each other, don't we? Isn't that what happens too? Right? So what's caused all this separation is because each one of us wants to be self-reliant. I want to determine my truth, thank you. I want to determine what happens in my life, thank you. I want to control what's going on in my world. So as all these species were developed on, on the earth, um, it was like um, it's a gain of, I mean, a gain of survival. It was, a, it was survival instincts. <laughs> Can you feel what's going on inside of your soul at the moment? Um, there, is, there is this feeling of confusion. Can you feel that? Why are you asking all of these intellectual questions? Let yourself feel that. Why? What do you want? I'm thinking back to God and nothing on earth. And... So he had, you know, trying to um, realise God has no emotions, no anger, no... I never said that. <laughs> what did I say? So I'm um, picturing um, all things bright and beautiful, all creatures, great and small, just everything absolutely harmoniously blissful on yep. earth until that survival instinct came and they all started eating each other. No, <laughs> until man came and started eating them. <laughs> That's what happened. Like, what I'm saying is God is totally emotional. Totally an emotional being. God is not, definitely not, detuned from emotion. What do you think love is? Isn't it an emotion? Yes, I know what it is. I'm not talking about the beautiful emotions. I'm talking about the negative emotions. No, God doesn't have any negative emotions. What you would classify as negative emotions. God doesn't feel rage or anger. Why would... Why would she? Everything she creates is perfect. Would you be angry if everything was perfect? That's why I was picturing that. You asked me a question and I was actually picturing to 
Everything and was everything perfect. was bright and beautiful creatures. And this is what created everything different. And there was no negativity until the survival instinct. No. It's not the survival instinct. It was this. It was this. Well that's what I'm saying. No. They're not the same thing. So for what survival instinct? There is like I'm saying everything is based around self-reliance, that things have gone bad, everything. It's based around me wanting to hold on to my truth, you wanting to hold on to yours, so Joe Blow wanting to hold on to his, and we're all willing to disagree and argue and even fight and even go to war for it. Right? That's what's caused what we've got now. Right? If we all became God-reliant, what would happen? I would have to give up my truth. You would have to give up your truth. And we would all eventually have God's truth. Does that mean we're all robots still? No, because no. No, we've all got different personalities, unique. And in amongst this beautiful, large universe God created, you have the ability to do anything you want, harmonious with love. And in fact, once you've got rid of that as the biggest emotion, you will want to do everything harmonious with love. And you'll enjoy that. I work in a secondary school, and there are many students are coming with the attitude of what I want is important and I know my own mind and I've seen kids come up and make demands because that's what they know to be right so this is all coming from that self-reliance stuff yeah and be careful a person who is at one with God knows exactly what they want but what they want is harmonious with love the problem with many of these students that are coming up to you is they want things but it's not harmonious with love it's because of all this emotional damage added to it that they come up and they say, I want to do this and blow the rest or whatever. Right? But the truth is that if it's harmonious with love, if they're allowed, to, they're allowed to want what they want, you're allowed to want what you want. You are. But that being taught to be assertive and stand up for their own rights. So that's where... To see a person at one with God, and again I'm going to refer back to that all the time, is... You won't feel like you need to stand up for your rights. Thank you. See you. No worries. Bye bye. Anybody can leave, by the way. It's getting pretty late, actually. What's your opinion on 2012 and the golden age? And uh, can I answer that tomorrow? Maybe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's quarter to six, but yeah. so. <laughs> I just imagine that with self-reliance, we really many people have come to be self-reliant because it's become a, a way of thinking uh, that's normal, and so they're not in touch with their feelings. Then, if you come to actually accept that, has been a lot of cause for lots of terrible things happening and ways of being. Then you would have to go through a lot of very hard emotions around guilt and shame, maybe, I don't know, but just different emotions to say, wow, this, this has happened through self-reliance, um, I haven't been connected to God, so therefore um, abandonment of that, um, and a grief and many men, so it would be very hard to let go of that too. This is the hardest emotion to let go of in the yeah. end. The, the reason why it was because it was the very first multi-generational emotion. The people you know of as Adam and Eve, who were, the real name is Ammon and Amen, 
they chose self-reliance over God-reliance. It was the very first bit of emotional damage that got passed on to the next generation, this emotion. And so it's very deep within your core. Very deep within your core is this desire to want to control everything around you to your own pleasure. Right? That's very deep within your core. And it will be an emotion that comes up for you a lot of times in your progression. The question I have is, you said that when a child is born, they take on the emotions of their mother and father, mm -hmm. but are they also taking on the emotions of their grandmother and grandfather, yep. and their great and great and great, so we all have all the emotions of Adam and Eve. Yep. Thank you. Yep. So therefore, <laughs> therefore we actually have the memory to a certain extent? Uh, yeah, most a lot of the emotions that hit you when you were when you were a child were in the womb. Obviously, you don't have memories of the events associated with those emotions, and this is why your mind is very um, really useless when it comes to dealing with emotion, uh -huh. because many of the emotions you're going to need to allow yourself to feel, you won't actually have a memory of. You'll just have an emotion of, because right? those emotions have been impressed down the generations to you. So if you do have an emotion and you sit with it and embrace it mm -hmm. and you get a vision, a knowing... Yep. That'll be very likely a spirit friend of yours yes. helping you understand where that emotion has come from, giving you a picture, if you like. So with that vision and that spirit helping you get through that emotion, mm -hmm. could we then have that belief that that's a past life? But really, it's an emotion yep. associated going all the way back to That's how most people believe past lives, is that in reality it's just spirits that are with them, giving them different pictures to help them deal with their own emotions. But then they misinterpret those pictures into being a past life experience. Thinking it's a past life. Yep. Okay. Sorry? Was that the ancestor's life? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It might not even be an ancestor. It might be like someone else, Joan of Arc, or <laughs> someone who's famous. Even it could be coming to you. There's a lot of very famous people who are struggling in the spirit world to deal with their emotions, and uh, and there's a lot of spirits who are willing to put pictures into your mind, think so that you think they're someone famous, so that so that you can have a report. <laughs> No, never. In fact, what happens is you become like emotion full, I suppose, this way. In that everything you do is driven by desire and passion. Everything. So you become more joyous, more open, more free with all of your emotions. Yeah. So it's the opposite to detachment. Uh, basically uh, divine love. Well, it's not. You, you're allowed to have... Of course, even though you've connected with God and are one with God, you're still your own person. So you will still have your own desires, your own passions, your own longings, your own areas that you want to investigate. And you'll have like... And the, the more and more you, you live in your free will, the more powerful you become as a soul, the more you can actually obtain and actually enjoy so your joy actually abounds more and more and more, not less. You become more emotional, 
more desirous, more passionate, have better love with making with your partner, and all, all those kind of things all happen as a part of the process. <laughs> Did I just say the right thing to somebody? <laughs> No. God does feel your emotion, but God does not experience your emotion. Can you, do you know the difference, like what I'm saying? Like, so God knows what you're feeling, but God does not feel the pain along with you. And when you become at, God, at one with God, you will know exactly what your next door neighbour is feeling, but you will not have to feel their emotion with them. It's exactly the same principle. Right? So you will know everyone's emotion in this room, you will know. But you will not cry because she feels like crying and you won't you will feel your own emotion still. And that's how God is too with us. Um, AJ, is there another way besides crying? Because we haven't actually heard I still don't know about the passport. <laughs> like perfection or imperfection, whichever. Jones, yeah, Jones. <coughs> yeah. is experiencing either the need to be perfect or the imperfection. Yeah. I'm still not clear on that. The issue is more does. to do with how it felt being a yeah. child, yeah. like having to having to feel like she's got to be perfect all the time. Mm -hmm. And there will certainly be a lot of tears that she will express about that issue. But is there another way besides crying? Do you want there what to be about... another way? <laughs> do you want there to be another way? Absolutely, because if you're doing a work, I have to agree with the lady. Yeah. It depends which work you're doing, yeah. as, as well. It, it depends. So if you're doing a certain job, you couldn't be crying all the time. Can you see what you're trying to do, though? Um, <laughs> I knew you'd switch it back to that. <laughs> <laughs> so why did you ask the question? <laughs> 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 you said, would you like it to happen any other way? I mean, can't you do the breathing that no one can notice? You can try to do all those things if you want. I'm but not saying it won't work. No. It's got to be. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be crying. Well, well, let's look at the different emotions. When you when you feel like joy, what do you what do you do? Okay, you laugh, eh? Oh, you just don't breathe. Like, for what? Don't you? If you really feel mirthful, what do you do? You laugh your head off, don't you? You laugh till you cry, all that stuff. I'm saying, what do you do? Oh, see, see. What's this inappropriate thing? Does God think this? Does God think your emotions are ever inappropriate? Never. I'm, I'm not at one with God, so I don't know. Well, what do you think? Yeah. Do you think God would ever feel that your emotions are inappropriate? No. Ever? Well, to show, you know, to um, experience them. You know, you said you could feel them. Then you've got to experience them. Well, experiencing say, them is feeling them. But is God. There, no, you said feeling 
you can feel the symbol, you don't have to actually experience it. No, I said basically you can sense the emotion from somebody, yeah. but experiencing it is like you're actually experiencing it is really feeling it for yourself, right? So, yeah. so you're saying you're feeling your emotions under certain circumstances is inappropriate. Is that uh, what you're saying? Experiencing them, yes, because yeah. your needs are secondary. No, I don't want to know the reason why you believe it, because it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying just go around crying whenever you have to. Sorry? Just yeah, that's what I'm saying. Whenever, wherever, doesn't yeah. matter who, who else you want to be affected by your are there any other parts? Are there any other parts? That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that your emotion is never inappropriate. Well, I'll be crying all the time next week. That's okay. No, it's not okay. No. It's not okay. I, I'm not telling you. But can you see the feeling you have? What's the feeling you have? It's not okay. You have this feeling, it's not okay. Why isn't it okay? It's a fear you have. And all you're doing at the moment is voicing your fear. What's the fear? No, I, I don't really want to do this. <laughs> 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 Are you backing out now on me? <laughs> Showing the world that you're crying tears. Ah, now we're getting to the real issue. Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Because I'm with families and dying people, and we're not talking any age group here. We're talking about people yep. that are dying. Yes. With their little ones coming to see them. Yes. Now I can cry with them, and anybody in you know this sort of work, you can cry with them yeah. and feel their pain, yeah. but you can't be crying for you. Because that has to wait. It's like a mother and her children. She'll put her husband and her children first, and she'll sort herself. And this is where it all begins. This is where it all begins, and it's all, it's all gonna cause grief. Honestly, we need to experience our emotions 100 percent of the time. That's how God made you. The only you have a fear here. The fear is. You are going to get judged if you feel your emotions. You are going to have pain from others if you feel your emotions. You feel it's inappropriate. These are all childhood beliefs that entered you, that you are going to need to feel before you are going to be able to feel your emotions. Well, I look to others, if we're talking that way, look to others' needs first. And that is actually incorrect. Do you think God wants you to look at others' needs first? But we're not realised. We're not at one with God. So I, yeah, see, that's, that's what I call an excuse. See, we often use excuses in order to not feel. We use excuses to not feel. So it also might be one of those times where you go through something and then you realise, gee, I'm not in the right job for me to be able to be my true self. Yeah, and if you're not in the right job, then pray for a different job and you'll, and if it's of heart longing, you'll, you'll go there. Mm -hmm. But you might be in the right job for your soul to go through that emotion. Mm -hmm. see, see, a lot of times what we do is we avoid situations... And we pray to avoid situations when in reality our souls created that situation exactly for the emotion that we need to treat. Right? I was talking a few days ago with a lady who rang me from Western Australia. 
she she has had her husband left her ten years ago, and he still rings her up and abuses her. <laughs> and she takes it. And she gets off the phone. She yells and screams at him back. Right? And then gets off the phone really angry and upset. What's happening? She's attracting it. She's attracting it and she doesn't want to deal with the underlying emotion. That's why she yells and screams back. Right? And the truth, the truth is that the excuse that you're using is, I'm in a public setting, I can't feel my emotion. I've got to do it appropriately. That is an excuse, that is an emotion within you. God doesn't feel that way. And then you use another excuse saying, but I'm not God at one with God yet, so I'm allowed to get away with that. Well, you can get away with it for as long as you want. You've got free will, I agree. But do you want to? Don't you want to be at one with God? Or do you want to be like separate from God all the time? Well, my original question was, is there any other way besides God? <laughs> <laughs> and I answered it. I just said, I just said no. <laughs> All of those things detune you from your emotion. They do. There is not to be crying. I'm worried about my. If you're sad. <laughs> yeah, well, well if, if, if it's sadness or grief, yes. If it's sadness or grief, cry. If you're happy, laugh. I know, see what you're wanting to do? Select it. Remember what I said humility was right at the start. What did I say? Feeling every emotion, whether it's painful or pleasurable. That's what I said humility was. Now, you can choose to not be humble if you want and only experience the pleasurable ones and no painful ones, but what's going to happen is more and more pain in your life. No, I meant at work. I don't care where you're meant. laughing. At work, I'm talking specifically. I know that's what you're talking about. I heard it many times. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I did. I <laughs> if you feel like laughing, you're allowed to laugh. Oh. <laughs> but that feeling of well, that 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 you know, <laughs> the laugh, you know, that's unloving. No. What's, what's unloving is for you to suppress any of your own emotion. That's unloving towards you. Now, one thing all of you need to realise about love is love does not treat another person like you, like differently to yourself. So, so I won't let you cry while I'm not allowing myself to cry. I won't shut down you or I won't allow... Like, I will always do things within myself that allows both of us to experience our emotions. Right? That's what love does. As soon as I shut down myself, I am no longer being loving to myself. And from God's perspective, you are just as important as the person next to you. So if you feel like laughing and the person next to you feels like crying, you're both allowed to do that. Right at the same moment, if you want. 
And if it's loving, it's truth, and both will feel okay. Exactly. You won't be projecting blame or anger or upset with each other. You won't be judging each other because you'll both be owning your own emotion. If you're arguing, you need to step away then. Because if you're arguing, what are you doing? Not feeling your emotion. You're not feeling your emotion. You need to go away, feel your emotions. Right at that point. Don't it won't ever escalate to yelling and screaming. If you as soon as you not feel your emotion, you reckon I'm not feeling my emotion. I'm not owning my stuff. I am now projecting a need onto them. I need to get away from this and retune back in and feel my stuff. Yeah, and it's easy with your imagination just to put yourself back in a situation. What did they say to you that triggered all of your feelings of wanting to argue back? And let yourself go there emotionally. But do it. Own it. As soon as you get into an argument, you're not owning it anymore. You're wanting them to do something for you now, and you're not owning it yourself as soon as you're in an argument. But you're allowed to argue as much as you want, if that's what you want. <laughs> so I'm not saying you're not allowed to argue. What I'm saying is that when you argue, observe. Use that mind you have as a tool to observe. I'm arguing. I must be avoiding something. What am I avoiding? And tune into that. Can you just talk about, um, remember what happened in Dallas where that people didn't want to cry if it was going to look ugly? And you said, and you said it, if, a, if a, an emotion goes into you at an age of one, it's going to come out looking like one. Exactly. And I thought, thought that, was a really, that was a really good thing for me. Yeah. It helped me a lot yeah. Does everyone understand what that means? If an emotion enters you at one year of age, and you didn't feel it when you were one, and you're now 40, and you're now connecting with that one year of age emotion, you're going to look like your one year old dealing with it. Would you act like a one year old? You're going to act like a one year old dealing with it. That means on the floor. Can you understand why? Yeah. What happens inside of you is every single emotion you have not allowed yourself to feel gets frozen in time. Right? Have I just made you more afraid? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought it would help. <laughs> yeah, it's time to feel more afraid. Hey, Joe. And it's six o'clock. And so, somebody says, <laughs> I have been going for five hours. And, and I'm sure your bums must be hurting. <laughs> and, and I, I think it's probably an appropriate time to stop. Yeah. And tomorrow we're back again at uh, 1, and probably similar time frames if you want to stick around. Um, we'll continue the discussion more about emotions and the law of attraction, I think. We need to spend a bit more time with that. What I would like you to do tonight, if you can, if you're coming tomorrow, have a think about the law of attraction in your own life. And what I would like to do is have a few people come up with me and sit down and explain something that happened, just an event this week or last week that happened, 
that triggered an emotion in you, and then we'll talk about what law of attraction was trying to expose. How's that sound? <laughs> and so that way you can get some practical, some practical feelings about how it actually works in a practical way in terms of helping you access the underlying emotion. And hopefully a few of you might even connect with the underlying emotion and not be embarrassed and cry. That's okay. And we'll just and, and if not you, then I will. There's a few items that we'll be this week. So.